0: for your life you know where you want to go are you looking to be happier healthier and wealthier while having more fun every day meet our empowerment architect
1: Power party today. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to the Informational Playground. It's Star Style Be the Star You Are. Coming to you live on the Voice America Network, this is the Empowerment Channel, and I am Cynthia Bryan. This show is brought to you, like always, under the Species of Be The Star You Are Charity. So make sure to visit the charity at org. And the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. It's a Chinese proverb. When the heart is at peace, the body will be healthy. And that leads into our show because in segment one, I'm going to be talking about health now. How can you live a long, happy life? How can you get healthy? I'll pose the questions that most of us are asking ourselves. And then I'm going to offer some long-term solutions to those everyday concerns. Like, you want to know the best way to control your high blood pressure? Are you too stressed out? Should you be tested for dementia or Alzheimer's? We have some answers for you all based on science and that's coming up uh, in segment one. Segment two, we go into the garden. You know I am your goddess gardener and I just love bringing you wisdom from the garden and I totally make mistakes all the time. But today I'm going to show you that the more you rake and dig and weed and plant and sweep and mulch, the more wisdom that you will grow. And finally... This is one that I can literally speak to today uh, because uh, I just had my refrigerator go out just as I was... um, preparing for a very large family reunion. And these things always seem to happen. So if you are sick and tired of having to buy new appliances every few years, uh, we're going to talk about some strategies on how to buy appliances that are going to give you the most bang for your buck and last the longest for the best value. And that will be the focus of segment three because I do not like having to repeat myself and have to buy things every few years so now we're going to be talking about your health and what you need to know because you know medical issues they worry us and what happens is if we can turn our worries into action we can actually live a longer and happier life so first question to ask yourself is how are you doing are you feeling okay It actually turns out that three out of four people who have been polled about their health say that they are good or in excellent shape. So somewhere in your brain, maybe far back in the back or maybe in the front, you might be worried about what could happen because we all worry, especially when we have a friend who gets sick or dies. And then we start thinking, oh my gosh, are we candidates for heart disease, for cancer, for cognitive issues like dementia or Alzheimer's. So we need to take a very clear-eyed view at the most common health worries and concerns that people have and then arm ourselves with knowledge and then, you know, live our lives to the fullest. So we don't want to be a nervous neurotic and this is how we can actually get ourselves into shape. So if you, for example, um, like whole milk and You're thinking, oh, is it good for us? Uh, Because cardiovascular disease is among the biggest concerns for good reason. Heart and blood vessel problems affect men and women. And we, uh, no matter what your age or gender, you can start taking steps today to protect yourself. So here are some of the questions that people ask themselves. If you have family members that have died of heart disease, are you doomed? And the answer is absolutely not. You can't change your genes, that we know, but you can change your lifestyle. So right now, no matter your age, this is the time to schedule a yearly physical with your general practitioner or even a cardiologist if you don't have a baseline already, and ask your doctor if you might be a candidate to get a C- C- CT scan to check for that um, for the problems. It only takes minutes. It uses low doses of radiation. It's relatively affordable. Insurance pays for it, and it can accurately identify people who are at high risk. Now, should you start eating less m- red meat, probably yes. Studies are showing that the high consumption of red meat is associated with increased levels of TMAO, which is a chemical marker that is produced by gut bacteria that is linked to heart disease. The great news is that if you limit your red meat, it decreases those elevated levels and it can decrease that TMAO within a month. So the recommendation from doctors is go just one meatless day a week, if you are a big meat eater, and get some more protein from beans and fish, and you are going to help yourself. Now, I think this is a good one, because I think this does really up our stress levels. If you watch cable TV or cable news, is it going to give you a heart attack? Well, it depends. If you hyperventilate, because the, uh, the anchors are making you laugh or cry or growl, Stress from sources as varied as PTSD, chronic sound pollution, infections, they are associated with heart disease risk, and perhaps it taps into, you know, the amygdala, so that is that that hind quarter of the brain, and in one study, brain uh, brain, uh, scans show that people with that high amygdala. Activity were more likely to develop heart disease and it stimulates an inflammatory response in the arteries. Now, if you are drinking whole milk, hey, hooray for you! Despite all of the studies in past years that you know tried to get you on 2% or 1%, the new most recent studies show that consuming full fat dairy is associated with a longer life. And a 2018 study of 130,000 adults in over 21 countries with those who ate two or more daily servings of whole fat dairy, this is big, they had a 22% lower risk of heart disease and a 34% lower risk of stroke than those who ate less dairy. So I think that we have to start believing that. Uh, Do you get out of breath when you climb the stairs? Does that mean that you might have heart disease? Well, if it only happens when you are exerting yourself and not while you're going about your normal routine, you're probably just out of shape. And so you probably just need to exercise better. Now, here is a better fitness test. And this is kind of a scary one because especially if you're older, um, you may not be able to do this. Can you sit on the ground and get up without using your hands? If you cannot, that inability to do this is linked to mortality in adults over 50. So that's scary. So if you cannot get up without using your hands, uh, you better start working on that. Should you take an aspirin every day? The American College of Cardiology says skip that daily aspirin unless you've already been diagnosed with heart disease and, or you have a stent or you suffered a heart attack. Something like that and then you should take your, as- uh, your aspirin and of course diabetics with moderate and high risk of heart disease should pop that pill. Now are you getting too much salt? You are definitely if you're eating packaged foods. The average person consumes about 3400 milligrams of sodium daily and that's twice the amount of 1500 that the, the uh, American Heart Association says is ideal. So, 70% of that comes from processed foods. That could be bread, cold cuts, cheese. They're all among the top sources of sodium. And so, here's a safeguard. Eat more fruits and vegetables. Increase your potassium intake because potassium helps lower blood pressure, and reduces risk of cardiovascular disease. I eat at least a half a banana a day and try to eat a whole banana a day. It also helps with leg cramps and any kind of cramping. So potassium is good for you. You can also get it out of potatoes. Um, how can you uh, be mentally fit for life? So You know, everybody once in a while, even when they're in their 20s and 30s, say, oh, I'm having a senior moment when they forget something. So it's important to understand the difference between early stages of Alzheimer's, which can happen young, it can happen in your 40s, and normal cognitive aging. So just like our skin wrinkles, our brains age too, And age-related cognitive decline shows in things like a word that's at the tip of your tongue, and you remember it later. But with Alzheimer's, you forget the word, and it never, never comes back. So if you forget your keys and realize you were doing three things at once, no big deal. But if you lose your keys and you can never find them again, and it's happened three or four times, maybe it's time to get screened. And just remember something else, if you're doing two or three things, you're multitasking and it has been proven that multitasking does not productivity lead to. So multitasking is not a good thing. So, um, another thing is if you want to eat more fish but you're worried about mercury affecting your brain, well, it's really important to eat more fish as part of a balanced diet because it really can reduce your risk of age-related cognitive decline. However, there are studies that show a link between elevated mercury in the body and reduced liver function and uh, particularly those who drink alcohol regularly. So you have to just be careful there. So the things that you want to um, stay away from would be shark, swordfish, and who doesn't love swordfish, but uh, king mackerel and tilefish, they're very high in mercury. Shrimp, canned tuna, salmon, and pollock are lower, and they're safer, so stay with those. If you wake up in the morning tired and irritable, is that, Normal? Well, no. It means that you're not sleeping well. And in a 2019 study in science, transitional, um, translational medicine showed that, that adults who have less slow-wave sleep, the sleep slumber that consolidates memories, have higher levels of the brain protein tau, T-A-U, which is linked to cognitive decline. So waking up tired and irritable on a regular basis could be a red flag that you're shifting from healthy to impaired brain function. And you could also be getting more cranky. So um, it's called vital exhaustion. It's a state of prolonged stress that causes symptoms like unusual fatigue, irritability, and demoralizing feelings. Don't wait for it to get worse. Just go get checked. Now, um, should you be tested for the Alzheimer's gene? Let's just say probably not, because you know there's not a lot you can do with it. So. Stress and worry is going to make it just worse. Uh, is your diabetes going to destroy your brain? Not if you start taking steps today. It's true that research has long shown that there's a link between type 2 diabetes and a cognitive risk. But an Australian study this this year followed 705 people without dementia and found that people with type 2 diabetes showed a greater decline and verbal memory and fluency over a five period five year period than did those who weren't diabetic. So just if you have diabetes, talk to your diabetes doctor and see if there's something that you can do. You know, and you really have to watch those prescriptions and pills that you take because too much is never too good. Now can you live cancer free? You can lower your odds even if cancer runs in your family. If you drink moderately, exercise, eat right, don't smoke, those are things that are three times more likely to um, to help you be free of chronic diseases, including cancer. If you used to bake in the sun as a teen, I know I did, in fact, you know, nobody talked about skin cancer when I was a teen. We used baby oil and foil because we wanted to get um, tan. So that's a bad thing. So the risk of skin cancer is going to jump when you have more than five sunburns. Um, I have been fortunate. I mean, being Italian, my skin is darker. I rarely, rarely burn. But if you do burn, you can still take steps today to slash your risk by at least half by applying a broad-spectrum sunscreen every day before heading outdoors. And that is no matter what the weather is. So now, I mean, I never used sunscreen before, but in the last 10 years I do. And I put it right by my sink where I brush my teeth in the morning, and then I brush my teeth, I wash my face, and I put on the sunscreen. That's just a little tip. So there was an analysis in 2017 – with 13 studies that found coffee drinkers have an 18% lower risk of basal cell carcinoma. Now, decaf didn't work, so get that cup of java in the morning. If you have one kind of cancer, does it make you prone to other kinds? Unfortunately, yes. If you smoked, you're at an increased risk for not only lung cancer, but dozens of other cancers, including oral, cervical, bladder, and pancreatic. And these are from a study from Stanford University that found that people diagnosed with six or more basal cell carcinomas have more than three times the odds for developing future cancers such as breast, colon, and prostate, as well as leukemia and lymphoma, likely due to an underlying problem in the genes that repair DNA, and plus women who have had breast cancer are more at risk for another type of breast cancer and other cancers too. So remember, statistics appear and apply to the general population, not to you as an individual. So again, talk to your doctor and make sure that you follow up with uh, screenings. And how do you find out if you carry the cancer gene? If you have a family history of cancer, especially in relatives who were 50 or younger, You may want to look into testing, but do it in a smart way because um, it means coordinating genetic testing with genetic counseling. Unfortunately, again, women who carry the BRCA1 or CA2 gene have up to 72% chance of developing breast cancer and 44% of uh, developing ovarian cancer. But in the general population, Women only have a 12 percent risk of breast cancer over a lifetime, so the statistic sounds scary. And genetic testing can help doctors guide you to what is going to be the best solution for you. Now, how do you lose a few a few pounds? Um, going, you know, obesity is um, is really bad because it's a chronic disease on its own, and it's a risk factor for other diseases. The heavier you are, the sicker you become. So here are some of the biggest weight worries and some smart options for tipping the scale in your favor. Don't try diets. You know, I mean, the number one rule of dieting, willpower alone doesn't work. So unfortunately, everybody I know that has ever been on a diet gains more weight than uh, they lose. So, the key is mindful eating. Focus on and savor each bite of food you eat in the moment. Pause between bites. Control binge eating and emotional eating. And also, you got to exercise. So, it's like, you know, food in, in order to get food out, you got to do a little exercise and it doesn't mean hitting the gym it means you can do fun things if you just like to dance or leave me i love to garden Um, if you like to walk or hike anything that gets you moving is going to help you eliminating sugar or eating less sugar reducing your intake of sugar is going to help and eat more fruits and vegetables uh, but you know because added sugars show up in pasta sauces in flavored yogurts in breads and salad dressings so if you're trying to cut sugar eat more beans and lentils that's going to that is going to help now if you're overweight you and even if you don't have any symptoms of diabetes You could be on track for developing diabetes, and you don't want to do that. About one-fourth of adults with diabetes have not even been diagnosed as having the disease. If you have a big belly, that is dangerous. Because not all body, body fat is equal. Um, abdominal fat is composed of both the subcutaneous, which means fat underneath the skin, and the visceral fat, which means inside your belly, around the internal organs, like your liver. And unlike excess fat in your butt and your thigh, and uh, excess fat in your t- tummy area is a risk factor for high blood pressure, diabetes, and cardiovascular uh, disease. So decide to lose like 5% of your body weight and check if it's belly fat. And if your belly gets smaller, um, that's a good thing. If you lose weight everywhere but you don't lose it in your belly, that's uh, probably because there's less fat there. So you probably can lose 15% of your intra fat and 50% of your liver fat. Now, if you have late-night cravings, try some decaf green or black tea in the evening. Um, umami, that's the savory flavor, can help increase feelings of being satiated and you, it can uh, decrease food cravings. So, you just don't want to eat right before you go to bed. And how do you know if you have good health uh, you know, good health in your gut? Well, there's no way to know for sure, but there are steps you can take to make your gut healthier. So our intestinal tract contains trillions of bacteria, and it's, you know, collectively known as the micro, a microbiome. And we're now learning that that composition of the microbiome can affect many different aspects of our health. So the day of having a simple stool test for gut health is really far down the road. In the meantime, in order to maintain your gut health, you have to maintain a healthy body weight, avoid packaged and highly processed foods, eat a diverse mixture of fiber-rich fruits, vegetables, beans, and whole grains. And that is going to help you a lot. Uh, Let's see. um, Oh, how can you stay active? And I'm going to go a little bit longer in this segment because I think that health is so important. Just walking is going to make you feel so much better. So... Will your body get weaker as you age? It's really up to you. If the difference between people who work out and those who don't isn't that big, you know, when you're twenty or when you're thirty, but when you get older, it really gets huge. So the importance is to stay in the best shape you can by getting in some Cardiovascular workout and uh, by doing, um, as I said earlier, things that you like. A daily walk is a good enough exercise if you like to bike, if you like to dance, if you like to garden. But you know, weightlifting is also a, a good thing and it can be small weights because. We really need to add resistance to our movements, or sir, or just work against gravity during your day, and that can be as simple as carrying a laundry basket up the stairs, or walking to the end of the driveway and carrying a full gallon of milk, or a gallon of water, or. Um, Squatting down to clean your patio furniture. I mean, you don't have to do really major things in order to keep in shape. So sometimes the simpler things is good. If you carry your own groceries, that is exercise. So I hope that gives you a little bit of food for thought uh, so that you eat healthy, get enough exercise. It will help you keep your weight at a good level or lose weight if you need to. Stay positive and not stressed. Be mindful and you have to get good sleep. And with all of those things, you should be able to be healthy for life. And then when something does happen, be able to combat it. And again, make that appointment, that annual appointment, no matter what your age is, for a checkup. The good news is most insurances now pay for an annual checkup. And it's usually a 100% free. So make that appointment today. It might take you a few months to get in, but it's really critical. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And we'll be back, and we're going to go for a stroll in the garden. Don't go away. Be the
0: star you are.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: Well, this segment is definitely going to give you some power and some wisdom, because I'm calling it growing wisdom. Juvenile said, never does nature say one thing and wisdom another. So excited about the glorious weather at um, last! this last month, I spent two full days getting out all my patio furniture from storage because the rains had been pretty incredible here in Northern California. I washed everything thoroughly. I added fresh, comfy pads to the chaises and the chairs. My husband even power washed the patio. And as I was hanging double hammocks on the lawn under the trees, and then I finished doing the outdoor decorating in preparation for family barbecues and garden gatherings. And my entire landscape had exploded with magnificent blooms of roses and azaleas and rhododendrons and bearded iris and peonies and pelargoniums and sedums and African daisies. It was so, so pretty. And the horse chestnut and the locust trees were laden with these cascades of white flowers uh, that looked like grapes, white grapes hanging from them. And the lavender and the jasmine scented the air with the fragrance of heaven And then my weather app reported that sprinkles were on the horizon. And, you know, sprinkles were okay. I mean, if you just have sprinkles, you can have all your your pads and your patio furniture out. But Mother Nature had something else in mind, and torrential rains started happening. And I thought, okay, if it's just one day of rain, we can handle it, but... As the gray skies opened and the downpours continued, I had to scramble to restore the furniture, the pads, the hammocks, under awnings and back in the shed, but not before including everything and me were completely drenched. And so there was another lesson learned. We can't stop the rain, or maybe we just don't want to. Well, actually, this was wisdom in the garden for me. I am always happy when it rains as my garden gets a big drink of life-giving liquid HTO. But in those weeks of warm sunshine, the ground had quickly dried out, making it difficult to weed, to plant, to dig out my rocks that had been buried in the winter mud. And this wet weather provided another opportunity to get my chores done more easily, albeit wearing a semi-waterproof hat and jacket. So the seeds that I had scattered in April, you probably remember when I told you I was scattering seeds of all different, both flowers and vegetables, they never sprouted. And I'm not sure if they drowned or were washed away with the copious amounts of rain or if the birds had a wonderful dinner with them. So I just decided to buy seedlings instead of tomatoes and peppers and zucchini and cucumbers and eggplant and try once again to sow the seeds of beets and carrots, arugula, lettuce, and beans. Well, several gallons of boxwoods were also purchased to replace the dead ones in my hedge. And it's hard to resist buying truckloads of plants when everything is so enticing. But as I grow uh, uh, as a wiser gardener, my rule is to only buy what I can personally plant within my time limits. And it's really a good rule for anyone to follow I know in, in days gone by, I used to literally fill my car with everything that it was so exciting to me at the garden center. And then I didn't have time to get them all planted, and some things would wither. But not now. I only plant what I can get planted within a couple of days. So as you start planting and planning your end of spring and your summer plantings, remember the Garden Design Guide of Planting in Odd Numbers. Groupings of three, five, seven, or more plants help to create a more natural and aesthetically pleasing look to the human eye. And to achieve this, plant the same variety of flowers in each odd grouping or create color blocks with several similar varieties. Now, for fragrance pollinators and beauty make sure to add lavender to your garden plant it in full sun and well drained soil lavender doesn't like soggy soil so plant slightly above the soil surface so the water can drain away it makes an excellent companion plant to roses controlling the nasty pets and And um, it attracts beneficial insects. So when planting your roses, give them breathing room. Because when roses are crowded, they become susceptible to powdery mildew. And then roses also need well-drained soil. They need compost. And they need natural fertilizers. As blossoms fade, deadhead the stems to ensure continued blooms through winter. And together, roses and lavender make a sweeping sight. My favorite old-fashioned peonies are blooming, and they are now available to purchase in nurseries and in garden centers. You want to plant them in full sun. Peonies offer gorgeous flowers in a multitude of colors and shades, and their foliage will add structure to your garden until they die back in winters. They are a perennial plant and will probably outlive all of us, at least, well, I don't want them to outlive me, but, you know, I hope that they will be there for generations. And it's time to plant summer blooming bulbs like gladiolus, croximia, dahlias, begonias, and lilias. Uh, Croxomia, also known as firecracker plant, it blooms all summer in fiery shades of red and orange and yellow, and it doesn't require much care at all. It com- combines really well with ornamentals and you will have a very beautiful scene in your yard. It's a magnet for hummingbirds. And it is also provides a nice vivid splash of color if you just like container gardening or if you just have, for example, you know, um, a balcony or a porch Or just a a small garden, and you can just put it in a container. I like to gather them for my indoor arrangements, as they're also a very long-lasting cut flower. And you'll find a wide selection of summer bulbs right now at your favorite nursery. Succulents are always a wise choice for drought areas. Sedum dendrobium is a shrub-like perennial plant with yellow blooms, and it attracts bees. It thrives in warm weather. It doesn't need much water. It blooms for a very long time. In fact, I think mine started blooming in February and still blooming in June. You can cut off pieces. You can plant it in other areas. You can create a succulent hedge. But be careful if you have deer around because the deer really like it. So even if you read that it's deer-resistant, take my word for it, it is not. It's not a good specimen in areas where animals roam that like to eat fleshy things like rabbits are, not you know, rabbits will eat it, deer will eat it. But every day I learn something new in the garden and some, you know, many times it's something just the opposite about what I read in a book or online or somewhere else. I usually learn things by making mistakes and I'm excited about the forthcoming summer, yet I am reveling in these final weeks of the spring season, as it did include plenty of rain. And the more I rake and dig and weed and plant and sweep and mulch, the more wisdom I grow. And I encourage you to try the same, and you will, cut, will grow that as well. So here are a few things. Cut back daffodils tulips, hyacinths, bluebells, freesias, other bulbs once the leaves have turned a crispy yellow. Add companion plantings of poppies and alliums, delphiniums, daylilies, salvias, and peonies. And rescue the newly hatched nestlings without feathers that have fallen out of their uh, nests prematurely uh, and put them back into their nests if it's reachable. And if you find baby birds with feathers Um, and you find these birds on the ground, just leave them alone. The parents of these fledglings are probably nearby, and they're going to bring them food. Plant summer-blooming bulbs, including gladiolus and croximia and dahlias and begonias and lilies. Now, plant the bulb pointy side up, but if you're not sure, plant your bulbs sideways, and they'll find a way to the surface. Add risers to the sprinkler heads in boxwood hedge, that are too short to eliminate, um, you know, death by drowning. Boxwoods do not like too much water. Now, fill the bird feeders with fresh seeds and clean patio furniture, maybe again in uh, preparation for the warm weather. Sharpen your lawnmower blades. Keep weeding, 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 because if you are like us and you've had rain, there are more seeds and they're going to sprout. And when the ground is moist, it's an opportune time to do your round three or round four of weeding so the plants that you love will get more water and nutrients to survive the summer heat. And um, don't forget, if you got a guide to wildfire preparedness in your mail from your local fire departments, Make sure to read it and create a plan. One of the things that's recommended in fire preparedness is to have an out-of-state person for your family to call because the phone lines are going to be jammed locally. I thought that was a really good one. And you should read my article on firescaping, which you can find at uh, cynthiabryan.com. Forward slash uh, uh, gardening, and then read an article on firescaping. And with that, I wish you happy gardening, happy growing, and happy growing wisdom. When we come back um, from our break. We're going to be talking about appliances and how to help your appliances live a longer life by buying the good ones in the first place. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to you by Be the Star You Are. Visit Be the Star You Are
0: be the star you are. The star you are.
2: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's
0: Cynthia Bryan.
1: Do you know how to embrace change? I mean, what do you do when you are asked to lead a change for something you are resistant to? Changes come from external sources like new regulations, new competitors, or even board of directors. So here are some things to consider. First of all, make sure you understand it. Ask questions to get a full picture of the change situation, and always ask with an open mind. Get the why. Yes, you must understand the what and the how of the change, but also find out the why. In fact, The why might matter most. Find the benefits in the change. How will your team benefit? Once you really see the benefits, you may change your view on the change. Remember the power of the converted. Often the most powerful champion of a change is someone who was once opposed to it. As your perspective changes, remember how you felt initially because that is how some of your team members or your colleagues might feel about it too. Your new perspective is even more powerful and persuasive because of the steps you have taken to come to acceptance. Put your concerns in perspective. Never assume anything. Put everything in perspective and then let it go. Change normally is a step forward, and it will move on with or without you. So let it go and support the change. And when you take these steps, you're going to be less resistant and more able to lead the change. And because you have done this exercise for yourself, you're in a much better position to help those around you, including your team members, get to acceptance and support of the change too. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passion into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or to book a consultation, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an R.com.
0: Be the star you are, the star you
1: Well, we are back. You're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and you can find out more at cynthiabryan.com. In the business bite, I was talking about change, and all of us find change really tough, or I should say most of us do. And I just, it, what made me think about it is when we had to build a new website for Everything for Star Style, for Be the Star You Are, for BTSYA.org, because the websites that we had been using for almost 20 years had gotten old and they weren't, um, and you actually couldn't even update them anymore. And that was really scary. It was a really big learning curve. But the good news about when you have to do something and you have to change something is we definitely grow from it and once we get over that hump it seems that everything goes a little bit better so don't be afraid of change it's been my experience that um that change usually is always for the better. And it's like an updated computer. I I remember I held on to my Mac for 10 years until it was so slow that it wasn't working. then I got a new Mac, a MacBook, a new laptop. And I couldn't believe how great it was and how fast it worked. And I thought, why didn't I do this sooner? So, just remember that change actually can be good. So now, getting to change, I want to talk about appliances and um, how how to buy appliances that are going to last much longer. At the beginning of the hour, I was uh, I mentioned that. My refrigerator had just gone out, and I have this really great refrigerator, and it's getting older, but I bought a really, really good one in the beginning, and so the good news about that is it is was fixable, and for a few hundred dollars as opposed to a few thousand dollars, I was able to get it running again, but you know, that is sort of the things that I bought years ago, they were made so much better. I mean... Tell me if you have a washing machine that you've bought in the last seven years, if it's still working. My mom's washing machine that she bought from Sears like 40-something years ago is still going. You buy a washing machine today, and it's like um, planned obsolescence. You know they, It's going to last seven years, eight years, and it's gone. So your major appliances don't have long to live, and today's cars last longer than ever And there is that phrase, right? They don't make them like they used to. That is nearly 100% accurate when it comes to refrigerators, dishwashers, clothes, washers, and dryers. And even as these major appliances creep upwards in price, they go downwards in longevity. Now, cars... Um, I, I think that cars probably are lasting longer. I, um, I'm now driving a 2014 vehicle, but I drove my um, my Explorer from 2000 for almost 18 18 years. So that re- and it was still working when I got a new one. It was just you know family thought I should get a new one. So I just, I didn't get a new one. I got a new used one. But why appliance makers are continuing to cut production costs by replacing durable metal parts with cheaper plastic parts. They're also uh, stuffing their appliances with more and more electronics and advanced features and probably features you don't need. You know, those latest, greatest features They attract shoppers into showrooms, but packing more features into appliance means that there's more things that can go wrong, more systems that can fail. And many of those electronic components are so absurdly expensive to replace that you have to end up replacing the entire appliance instead. So here's how consumers can identify the appliances that are likely to last as long as possible and avoid those that are likely to fail fastest. Now these are the general strategies. Number 1 is pick appliances that have only one or have only features that you truly value. New features might seem neat but as noted above each uh, extra system or feature is just one more thing that's going to fail. And that doesn't mean we have to buy, strip down, nothing but the basic appliances. But it does mean that it's prudent to choose appliances that have only the features that really matter. For example, some refrigerators now include two ice makers, one in the freezer, one in the fridge. One ice maker might be great, but how badly do you really need a second one? And speaking of ice makers, I finally um, turned off the ice maker that I have in my freezer because it went out twice. It was very costly to replace. And I realized I don't use ice that much. So now I just got those plastic, you know, those ice, what are they called? Those, Those plastic ice trays. Yeah, plastic ice trays. That's what they're called. And I have like six of them. I fill those up. And then when I have a full thing of ice, I pour it in a, um, a plastic lidded container. And I always have enough ice. And then I refill those. And it works great. And now my floor isn't getting ruined because the ice uh, maker went out. Another um, feature on appliances that drives me crazy are on microwaves. Microwaves, when I first got my microwave, my first microwave like 30 years ago, All it had was a button, it was like a turn knob, and you turned it for the amount of seconds or minutes you wanted it on. You want to know something? That microwave is still usable. The new microwaves, um, I had gotten a new, smaller microwave. It had all these, you know, defrost and, I don't know, cooking, all this stuff, which I never use because I only use the microwave to reheat coffee, sometimes to heat a baked potato or to reheat something. That microwave went out. So, just get appliances that have the simple features. The second thing is to favor brands that have easily available and relatively inexpensive replacement parts. You want to know who makes these? These include Amana, Jenn Air, KitchenAid, Maytag, and Whirlpool. And interestingly, all made by Whirlpool Corporation. Electrolux and Frigidaire, they're both owned by uh, Electrolux of Sweden. When you have readily available affordable parts, it makes it more likely you're gonna keep an appliance longer. For example, if the part you need for your eight-year-old washing machine is gonna cost you $50 and arrive in two days, it makes sense to fix it. But if it's gonna cost $150, take three weeks, you might decide that it's reasonably time for a new washer. But whatever appliance you buy, you buy the surge protector too. Most people are savvy enough to plug their computers or televisions into surge protectors, but very few think to do the same with their appliances. And that really is unfortunate because most of today's appliances are loaded with electronic components that are just as vulnerable to power surges as consumer electronics. A helpful hint is electric dryers and some other appliances have special plugs that do not plug into standard outlets or a standard surge protector. So you either have to obtain a surge protector that is specifically designed for the outlet from an appliance store or protect it and all your other appliances um, and electronics by paying an electrician to, to install something. It depends on your area. And maybe an electrician can install a whole home surge protection system, and that might make sense for you. Now, appliance-specific tips, refrigerators. For longer life on refrigerators, avoid refrigerators that have multiple separate compartments, each with its own access and temperature settings, such as a fridge drawer that can be opened without opening the main door. They're really convenient, but each separate compartment has its own fan and fan motor, among other parts, and that greatly increases the number of parts that could fail. And it's so interesting... Because uh, I, we just had this family reunion and my daughter was here and she and her husband just bought a new refrigerator, just like the one I just talked to you about, about a year and a half ago. And they love it except that special compartment, that fridge door, has already gone out and it is very expensive to replace. Also, consider positioning... Um, consider the position of a refrigerator's condenser coils before buying. You probably already know that regularly cleaning dust and pet hair off a refrigerator's coils can reduce the strain on its motor and compressor, and that extends the refrigerator's life because it reduces its electricity consumption. But homeowners are much more likely to do this if they can get to the coils relatively easy. If getting to the back of the fridge means pulling out that Every refrigerator from the wall. Lean towards one that has coils on the bottom with a removable tick, uh, toe kick plate or grill at the base of the front or that it has the coils on the top, like if you have a sub-zero. That's going to help. If your kitchen layout allows relatively easy access to the back of the fridge, coils located there might be easier to get to. Now, refrigerator b- buyers often wonder which configuration lasts longer, top freezer, bottom freezer, or side-by-side. Side. It turns out that none of them are uh, longer than any other, so buy whichever you prefer, but I prefer the bottom freezer with the, with the refrigerator on top. Brands like Whirlpool and its higher-end sister KitchenAid and, of course, SubZero tend to make more reliable refrigerators. For a dishwasher, a longer life avoid units that boast multiple moving spray arms and wash zones. They added complexity and extra moving parts increase the odds of problems. And many dishwashers without these features do a very fine um, job just by themselves. So check how well a dishwasher's warranty covers its dish racks before buying. You want at least five years of coverage. And dish, dish racks might seem like a very simple part not worth worrying about but a dish rack failure Often is the problem that dooms a dishwasher. With the vinyl coating on a dish rack wears through, the metal beneath rusts and then it breaks apart. And the racks are expensive. They can be two or three hundred dollars, and that can make, you know, then that might make sense to do a whole dishwasher. So if the dishwasher comes with at least five years of dish rack coverage, it's a sign that the manufacturer has confidence in its racks. If dishwasher noise doesn't bother you, then you usually run your dishwasher when no one's in the kitchen. You might want to consider uh, skip a unit that has um, a quiet operation, but otherwise get one. KitchenAid is the most reliable dishwasher brand and its warranties usually have five years. And of course, a lot of the Um, The European, very expensive brands uh, are reliable too. And then just a quick thing on washers and dryers. For a longer life, avoid washers and dryers that have elaborate digital display screens and control panels and a large number of buttons and lights and LED readouts, electronic control systems tend to be expensive and failure prone. And the more elaborate they are, the most cost prohibitive they are. Front load washers tend to last slightly longer than top loads because front loads use less water. And although there are some low water use, top loaders on the market reduce the stress on their pumps. So the brands Whirlpool and Maytag, they might be more dependable choices. And they offer a wide range of washers and dryers that are more reliable. So hopefully that's helpful. And with that, I thank you for being great listeners and allowing me to be with you every week here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Uh, Make sure you're tuned in to Star Style, Be The Star You Are from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday. And for more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org. For more information about Star Style Productions, Visit cynthiabryan.com. I hope to encourage, inspire, inform, and that's what today was, give you wisdom. I want to motivate you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are the star that you have dreamed of becoming. You are already that. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. Pick up a book this week. I hope you'll go to cynthiabryan.com forward slash books and pick up one of my eight books. And then until next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., my name is Cynthia Bryan. Four Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be an unapologetically authentic you.
0: Have a great week. Be the star you are the star you are be the star you are you are
2: the star it's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on the voice America empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week. Be the star you are.